When Erin Lee moved to a conservative mountain town in Colorado, she had no idea that her 12-year-old daughter's art teacher would identify her as an ideal student to target for indoctrination. What followed was a battle of good against evil as Erin and her family fought for her daughter's identity, mental health, and very life. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Corlaitis, your host of the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to go ahead here at the top of the show and invite you to like and subscribe to our podcast. Also, we always ask you every week, would you please share our podcast with your mom's friends, uh, mama friends, and tell them about uh, our organization and our podcast. We're here to help you in your journey through motherhood. Um, We also want to let you know that if you have any topics or ideas or questions, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, email questions, ideas, uh, guests to podcast at momsforamerica.net. I also want to invite all of our moms listening, every single one of you out there, would you please join our movement? Um, You're listening to this because obviously you're interested in um, your children, their future, and our country. So it's moms like us all across the country uniting, fighting for our faith, our family, our freedom, and the Constitution. That is what we're doing at Moms for America. So please check us out at momsforamerica.us. We would love to have you a part of our mom-led revolution. All righty, so on to today's guest. Uh, I teased this here at the beginning of the show. This is gonna be a very interesting podcast once again. Today, my guest is Erin Lee, um, and she has lived through what could really only be described as every parent's nightmare. Sadly, Very sadly, many parents around the country are living through this nightmare as their young children have been caught up in the social propaganda of the transgender movement. Many parents have lost custody of their children over this issue. Thankfully, that is not the case with our mom today, but it is a very moving story um, that truly can happen, unfortunately, to anyone in any state, in any county, in any city. and maybe to any family. So I do appreciate this mom coming on and sharing her story um, and letting us know what happened in her area and in her family with her daughter. So welcome, Erin, to the Moms for America podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, Miss Mama. Um, this is a story that uh, we heard about and um, we're sad to hear, but glad that um, you had a chance to work through this. Uh, tell us first a little bit about your family and um, who your kids are, maybe their ages and, and where you guys live. Yeah, so I am the mother of three. I've been married to my husband for 15 years, former army family. We had our first child while he was serving in the army. And we have a 13 year old, an eight year old and a just turned two year old. And we oh, live busy. in very busy. <laughs> and I work full time. He works full time. Um, and now both of our wow. kids are in separate charter and private schools due to our incident. So we were very busy. <laughs> um, and we live in northern Colorado, so the northernmost yeah. town called Wellington, which is a right. pretty conservative suburb outside of Fort Collins. Right. Okay. Well, 
we're thinking it's a pretty conservative town, you know, and you got your family and you're you're there and you actually move there. So let's let's get into the story. So about four years ago, you moved from Florida, which was a conservative, which is a conservative state to a less conservative state, Colorado. Um, And and, uh, you kind of moved there. You kind of had your own reasons. What were you hoping for? And um, how was the move? Why did you move there? Why did you leave Florida? Well, we we thought Colorado would be a better experience for our family. We were in a a neighborhood in Florida that didn't have a lot of children, Um, Sarasota County, which is the oldest county in the country. And so we didn't have a lot of children um, for our kids to play with. And my husband had a great job opportunity here. My brother lives in Wyoming, about 30 minutes away. And so we wanted to experience this change and be in the mountains and have the outdoors and seasons for our children to experience. Um, And we really truly thought Colorado was comparable to Florida. We thought, okay, it's another purple state where there are mixed opinions and values and and Mm -hmm. will fit in beautifully. Um, And we very quickly learned that that was not the the case. case. I I would say though, from Illinois here to going to Colorado, gosh, you, you must really love the scenery there. It must be breathtaking. So I can understand why you made the move. So you make the move with your family. You've got this new opportunity um, and you were hoping for, I guess, just kind of a new chapter in your book. And it, it didn't turn out real well in the beginning. Um, what happened? I guess we should just start out with a little bit of what, what happened um, and, and why, why was your daughter targeted, basically? So in 2020, as we were growing our family before our two-year-old was born, it's very expensive to live here in Northern Colorado as it is everywhere now. So we moved to the suburb for a more affordable home that could accommodate our growing family. Um, And we also loved that it was a conservative community with like-minded people, only about 10,000 people in this little suburb. Um, And so we were very excited to move into our new home. Uh, That means our children changing schools, still within the same district, but our daughter daughter started at a new middle school. So she had just entered sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And this was May 2021 when our incident happened. So that whole first year of sixth grade for her was mostly remote learning. Mm -hmm. It um, when they were in the classroom, they were masked, they were, you know, 10 feet apart from each other. And she's an introverted, shy, artsy kid. And she did Mm -hmm. not make a single connection with a student her age that entire year. And again, this is a hard time anyways. Now we're talking junior high. Right. Well, barely 12 year old. She had just turned 12 when the incident happened. Right. Uh, So one day her trusted art and homeroom teacher invited her to stay after school for art club. And she loves art. She Mm -hmm. was longing to make connection. She was visibly vulnerable. We know that this teacher saw her vulnerability and she texted us for permission. We said, yes, you can stay for art club. We're excited about you making connection. Mm -hmm. Um, About three hours later, when we picked her up, she got in the car. We knew that something was terribly wrong. I know my girl. I could. You could tell this. Face. You could tell this just when she's coming out. Absolutely. She okay. the look on her face was like nothing I've ever seen before. And when she got in the car, she handed us transgender and queer flags and stickers and bracelets and said, "Mom, this transgender flag represents me." So. Oh boy. I, I knew quickly that it wasn't an art meeting. It wasn't an art club that she had attended. Um, I went through the things that she had been given and Mm -hmm. found someone's contact information. So I contacted this person, uh, found out that the art teacher had invited in an outside presenter 
completely unvetted. No one at the school knew that this presenter was going to be attending this club. Mm -hmm. And she's an, a known social disruptor in the community. So this wow. woman runs an organization for LGBTQ youth okay. called Flash. She also has an organization for five to 11 year olds called Skittles. Wow. And while in this meeting, she uh, told the kids what you hear in here stays in here. She pulled wow. out a PowerPoint that went over her number one rule, what you hear in here stays in here. She did the gender bread person activity with these little kids, 11, 12, and 13 years old. And that's um, a, an activity that explicitly mm -hmm. asks who the children are sexually attracted to, has them plot their points from male to female and who they're sexually right. attracted to. She pulled out these flags and described various umbrella terms and defining words, such as queer is a word when you're still figuring out your sexuality, to she asked my daughter who she's sexually attracted to. My daughter had never thought of it. I mean, oh, truly an innocent girl. We worked so hard to right. maintain her innocence in this pivotal years of fifth and sixth grade. I have to stop and you just for a minute here because you're, I, I want to just back up on a couple of these things, because again, we're talking about your daughter who's just barely 12 years old. She has no friends really in the area because you're at a new school. How would you describe her? Did you, was she kind of shy? Was she what was Chloe like at, at 12? She, she like any 12 is. year old, right? Like any 12 year old, right? That's the right. most difficult time of any girl's life. You're not right. comfortable in your body. Right. You're going through changes that are hard to explain and hard right. to cope with. Um, but she, she's a very introverted girl. She loves to read. She's content having one or two friends and just having a lot of time to herself, but she longed to make any connection. Of course, every Right. Every, every student that moves to a new community is looking for new friends. I want to back up on this just for a moment because um, I've got here in my notes that she was given a survey. Mm. Is, was the survey related to the fact that the teacher invited her to the after school class? I'm kind of trying to connect some of the dots here now because truly things like this are happening all around the country. Right. Uh, teachers are inviting kids to certain to drag queen uh after school classes or to um transgender i mean all of these different things are happening and how are they you know how did they why did she target your daughter was it because of the survey i think she saw my daughter daily and knew that she had no connection with other students knew she was quiet right. and vulnerable mm -hmm. but yes as i've learned um after the fact, doing a lot of research, a lot of public mm -hmm. record requests, a lot of subtly digging with my daughter to really understand what, what truly happening. happened to her that right. day. Yeah. She indicated that at the beginning of the school year, this art teacher gave out a survey and it put pictures of fellow students on the screen and had the children circle who they're connected to. Mm -hmm. And my daughter didn't circle anyone. And so I, I do believe that that was an indicator for the teacher that she is especially vulnerable and right. ripe to be invited to this club. Okay. So now, like you said, so this teacher's watching her and seeing that maybe she's, um, I guess just in, in, in her mind, she's probably like, I'm going to help this girl out, which is of course not her place. <laughs> it has nothing to do with helping your daughter out. She invites her to this after school class that we talked about with this speaker. Um, 
And when, did she think she was just going to an art class or did she think she was going to something else? She truly thought she was just going to an art class or an art club led by the art teacher. And so the teacher absolutely lured her under false pretenses into this meeting. She had no idea what she was walking into and she'd never communicated with any of the other students that were there that day. Right. Um, And when she she asked you, she, of course, you're like, okay, you want to go to the after-school art class? Maybe you're going to make friends. Now you're going to be in a club. This is all good in mom and dad's book because we're thinking she's making friends and she's getting involved. So again, when you said that she went to this, this was a, a GSA awareness club or GSA club. So they call it GSA art club is how they're getting away with being able to continue to label it art club even oh, after I brought this because this is what light. I can't I can't figure out what the connection is but that was it so they call it a GSA art club although no art is done in this meeting ever that's not a part of this club meeting so that is just a term used to deceptively lure kids like my daughter in okay. um wow so so, so, so you, in there you, right so you talked about this this the person that was speaking and some of the things that happened go through that a little bit again so was she completely um I, I mean she must have been shocked to be in the room right or to be in this class all of a sudden or this club or this meeting yeah she was she was uncomfortable she has expressed to us how uncomfortable it was to talk about sexuality and transgenderism and have these people ask questions of her in front of a room of her peers who she doesn't know. She's not comfortable with any of the people in that room. Of so they, they did the flags. They told her, if you're not fully comfortable in your body, that means you're transgender. And when she identified with that, they gave her the flag and stickers and bracelets. And this woman even called these things the obligatory stickers and wristbands kids love to collect everywhere I go. So it's intentional, these items that are geared towards children um, that she hands out. How long was this meeting? It, it went long. So it was supposed to be an hour and a half. It ended up being about three hours long. So they get your daughter for three hours. She walks out, says, here I am. This is me. And just kind of, I mean, that's how quick. That's how quick. Things like this happen, right? We think well, with that we've, you know, we think that our kids are going to be capable of kind of standing on their own, but they're not, they're children. They're just children. You know, and anyone can manipulate. And um, I mean, they just are manipulating our children. They're taking them and they're just trying to make them something that they're not or create confusion. They are, they are the authors, authors of confusion, I think. And I admittedly, and my husband were naive to this kind of thing being possible. You know, I, it's akin to a sleepwalking through parenthood. We raised our daughter to respect authority and listen to teachers and a great student and a great listener. And she was doing all the things we taught her to do to respect that authority and trust your teachers. We taught her to trust these adults that we leave her to eight hours a day. Right. So they did even more in this meeting. This presenter talked about polyamory. She talked about polyamory, which I had to Google. Now I know. She told my 12-year-old what that was. Um, She talked about suicidality. She said that these labels the kids have just adopted make them more likely to kill themselves. She talked about ways people commit suicide. She handed out her personal contact info, not just phone number and email. She invited them to connect on WhatsApp and Discord and various teen chat platforms where the conversation disappears or the parents aren't monitoring it. And she knows that. Goodness. This is where she sends invites to more meetings throughout the community that she holds because this woman 
is she runs this organization. She's a substitute teacher in the Tri-County area with elementary age students. She works for our county health department with access to children's information. She's in our libraries, our boys and girls clubs, and she holds these meetings throughout the community, oftentimes with adults present. So she's inviting 12-year-olds to come to meetings about polyamory where there are 24-year-olds in the forum. I mean, this is shocking. And they, this is what they do too. They take the kids away from the parents, put them on an app, put them on a website, put them in a chat room, and then they just take over. And then by the time the kids come back to their parents or start sharing with their parents, they're just completely convinced, right? Because right. they've, just, they've just hijacked your child. And part of the program is that parents aren't safe, that you don't have to tell your parents right. about this meeting. Parents, parents safe, won't understand. Parents don't but care. We are. We're your ally. You right. can come to us. And not just that, the teacher pulled her aside as she was leaving the room and said, remember, you don't have to tell your mom about this meeting. Not just that, but the presenter, after giving these children their labels and their flags and their swag to go along with their new labels, she told my daughter that in Colorado, she can seek medical care without parental knowledge or consent. And that's true. That's a state law that our governor passed in 2019. She encouraged my daughter to pursue hormone blockers and testosterone to wow. actually transition and doesn't have to tell us. And that's true. In our state, that can actually happen. Shocking, shocking, appalling, appalling. Mm -hmm. We got to well, get that. To take it a step further, Colorado has school-based health clinics and our school district has two of them, one in our most underserved community. So they can lure the kids under false pretenses, confuse them, encourage them to seek medical transition and they don't even have to leave their middle school to do it. It's terrifying. This is terrifying. So you were, a, you were like, in shock when she gets in the car. Tell us again what she said to you. She gave me the flag and she said, mom, I found out this flag represents me. So and she, like, what? in that moment, and, and I understand where she was coming from. She's going through the most difficult right. transition in her life. And they gave right. her a Band-Aid to cover that up and say, if you're, you're uncomfortable going through puberty, here's a Band-Aid, stick it on and all that will go away. And in reality, the Band-Aid made everything worse. It made her incapable of coping with that natural transition through adolescence that we all have to learn to deal with. Um, they told her she doesn't have to worry about it. Just be transgender and you don't have to go through puberty. Wow. So now you go home, well, you're in shock. You're like, what just shock. happened to this three hour art class? Uh, mm -hmm. Which it wasn't. So now you started talking to her, finding out what they talked about. Um, she was transparent with you, thank goodness. Um, did you where, do you, where do you go from there? So you're kind of like trying to hold on to your daughter and mm -hmm. make sure that you take care of her as a mama. Um, but then I know you how you brought your tail right over to that school <laughs> and what happened there. I believe the first words out of my mouth to my husband were, I'm going to burn it down. And he responded with, I'm going to get the gasoline. <laughs> so we, oh. we were in shock, but we were angry and he oh. kept me calm enough to try to follow the appropriate channels. Like maybe what she told us isn't not that I don't believe her. She's always a very honest child, but maybe she's exaggerating. Maybe she misunderstood something like this. It, total shock and disbelief. This can't be real. No way. Let's talk right. about this. Cause she never so told you any of this before. It's not like she never. was right. Never any gender dysphoria. She never talked to a therapist at school. The teachers and the presenter had never spoken to me prior to inviting her in. So they didn't know her home life. They didn't know her identity or where yeah. she stood. They just knew she was vulnerable. Yeah. Um, they messed so with the wrong mama. I think 
right? <laughs> and they did. And I've dug for, and I'm a very private introverted person myself. So it, you know, sometimes life just God calls on us to it step is. into our path. And this is my path. And it's a fight I'm not going to give up. Um, but we went to the principal. He okay. confirmed that this meeting is confidential. It's always confidential because as a public school, they have to offer a safe space for children. So a safe space from their families. They automatically mm -hmm. assume families are evil Bad, until proven right. innocent. Mm -hmm. And it's our job. These are our children. We're here to take care of them and be their ally. Even though right. they'd never spoken to my daughter prior right. to this meeting, she'd never met. Knew nothing woman. about her, knew nothing about your family. And honestly, it's none of their business, but okay. So right. you go and you talk to the principal. Clearly nothing's going to happen there. He knows this meeting happens. He knows it's confidential. He says his hands are tied by the district. And as it found out, I find out as I do more research, mm -hmm. his hands are tied by the district. Our entire school board is complicit. Um, one of our school board members is friends with the woman who is in that classroom and volunteers with Skittles. So she volunteers with the sexuality organization for five to 11 year olds. Um, I went before the school board. I pled, I cried. They ignored me for over three months when <gasps> I finally got to sit down with the board members. They agreed with everything that happened. They think we should be talking to kids about sexuality. They think it's their job to provide this safe space. They think that they're agreeing with the program. What happened. Okay. Absolutely. And they've praised this teacher. Nothing has happened to the art teacher involved. She's been praised. She's still the GSA sponsor. In fact, she's holding this meeting at lunch now and it's confidential. So parents truly have no idea that it's happening. Um, and we've actually had four. And when you move it into forward. the, into the school day like that, you're really excluding the parents. Cause you don't have to say, you're even saying, you know, cause every time my kids go to a meeting or anything, I'm always like, how was it? what they talk about? what did you do? You know? Right. So now it's happening at lunch and now it's, it's more secret service they or secret no meetings. Um, Okay, so where where does this end up? Let's take this down the road here now. Did, how bad did this get for you? Did um, did you have to deal with child protective services? Um, did, were you a bad mom because you weren't affirming? Um, I can only imagine because now the parents are bad if they don't affirm, right? Or they don't right. embrace a twelve year old, um, which is just it, it, it's just absolute craziness. This is a, a, a meeting that needs to happen in our homes. This is a family matter. This is not a school matter. This is not a state matter. So what happens to you? Because I'm sure that they painted you out now to be the bad mama. They sure did. So I obtained emails through public record requests that showed two days after the incident, school administration, the presenter, the outside person, and the art teacher discussed sending CPS to our home for a well, well child check. Um, they assumed that because I removed her from the school, I'm abusive and that CPS needs to get involved. So I should preface with, she never went back to that school the next day. My son never went back to public school the next day um, for the rest of the year. We, we lost that all was trust. It. That was yeah. it. And so Goodbye. they assumed, <laughs> that's right. right. They assumed because I removed her and disagreed with what they did with my child in secret, then I'm evil. They talked about the Equal Access Act being the reason that I don't have a right to know what programming my child is involved in, which is totally invalid. Uh, the art teacher talked about colluding with the school board who has removed other barriers like this. So they refer to parents as barriers, barriers. to their programming. Interesting. 
They discussed sending CPS to our home for a well child check. And this was just 48 hours after they assaulted my child. And we were at our most vulnerable moment as a family. I mean, we were in shock. I was crying uncontrollably trying to make sense of this. We didn't know what to say to our daughter. And in the state of Colorado, if they had come to our home, if CPS had showed up and my daughter said, my mom's not affirming my transgender identity, they would have removed her from the home. I firmly believe that. So this was a long game plan. They knew what they were doing. They attacked our family. That is horrible. That is just really horrible. You think that they would have been able to, I mean, just how did we get to this place? But I mean, look at, look at the policies that are in in Colorado. I mean, I'm in Illinois, so we've got a lot of, you know, much better (laughs) crazy stuff here. How was, so, so what happened? How, how did you get down this? um, How did you get down this road? So you took her out, of course. Bingo, never coming back there. Right. You took on the, the school board. You tried to talk to the principal. You tried to make change there. Um, you're not making any change there, but you're exposing. A little bit, yeah. And th- we had a new superintendent at the time who gave us a lot of lip service, a lot of fake empathy, false promises. And I realized now that it was gaslighting to keep this all under wraps so I don't go public. Mm. I found emails discussing how how they deal with me will set a precedent for how they handle other families. So I know everything they were doing with me was calculated. They're saying one thing and doing another. Right. Um, but I got wise and called the police. I realized if this had happened on a playground that I would have immediately called the police. This is child abuse. And they told me because there was no physical touch or exposure of body parts, there's no legal repercussion for the people involved. Um, So that was a lost cause. I called over 40 civil lawyers in the state of Colorado, none of whom were willing or able to assist. So we, you know, we got to a point with our fight where we felt really, really helpless. Um, But on the flip side of that, my daughter started to spiral and, and I'll never know if we handled it the right way afterwards. I think we ignored the issue with her so as not to make it worse. Like if we don't talk about it, we're not going to push her further into this rabbit hole. Okay. Um, and, And I'll never know if that was the right move, Right. but we opted for therapy. The first therapist we interviewed was queer and trans affirming. And so she pushed our daughter further into the hole. We saw a second therapist, same thing. She wouldn't let us attend the sessions. So we stopped therapy. We realized that just made it worse. And about six months after the incident, after we tried these therapists, my daughter became suicidal. She wrote us a suicide note. Oh, poor mama. We took her immediately to the pediatrician who, you know, ops for drugs. That's, that's all they know how to do. And so we reluctantly put her on medication to try to get her through this, but she was very mature in how she wrote us a suicide note that this is serious. Please understand. I'm scared. I need help. Um, and that's a fear that never goes away. Once, once your child tells you they're thinking about killing themselves, you, you don't sleep at night even though she's doing better now. And I I feel comfortable that she's out of that black hole, that that fear never goes away. No, no. And prior to this, nothing like this, no suicidal notes, no suicidal talk. Right. Very happy, jovial kid. Um, You know, we, we just saw the downward spiral. It was like, she went to school one Tuesday and she was Chloe. And then the next day she wasn't. She had this cloud over her head and she tried that identity and it it made her depressed. It didn't fit. (laughs) That's not her identity. It didn't fit. And she tried so hard to make it work and it just made her depressed and more isolated. Wow. So fast forward a little bit. How is Chloe doing now? What school did you put her in? How are you handling her education? How are you handling her mental state? Um, 
just for moms that are listening that may be going through something somewhat similar, you know, different situations, but just kids that are, you know, kind of um, captured by the social media of, of the transgender movement or right. gender confusion or, you know, identity crisis. And then they come home and they tell this to their parents and their parents are shot. I mean, the spinoff is huge. And like you said, a lot of parents are very concerned about bringing them to any type of um, counseling. Uh, it really probably is best to just stay within your church if you can and get counseling. I, I don't even know what you do because you don't even know what method. You can't bring them to the school. You know what the school is going to do. You can't talk to a teacher. Maybe bring them to a counselor and the counselor is the same. You know, it, 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 it is overwhelming. It feels impossible. Like I, I don't know what the right move is. I don't know right. who can help me in this situation. And so for us, we took a very extreme approach with her. Um, we cut off all elect electronics, no more computer, no more video games, no more chatting with people. And we don't know who you're talking to, no more cell phone. Um, we're not going back to that school. We cut off friendships. And I, I realize that seems extreme, mm -hmm. but I think that's what saved our life. Oh, I'm sure. I, I think that's what pulled her out of this hole and allowed her to just focus on being her and, and being in our family. We tried to exemplify, a, you know, a male female relationship that mom and dad's roles in the family and carve out time to have one on one time with her, um, get her more involved in our church, get her involved in a youth group. Mm. Um, we, we ended up changing churches to to an, an organization that has a lot more for teenagers and for children so that right. she can be more involved in that. Um, obviously no therapy. I don't recommend anyone go that route. I, I've just learned that that community has been hijacked, that therapists mm. fear for their jobs if they don't automatically affirm. And in Colorado, which is an uh, anti-conversion therapy state, again, our governor passed a, a no conversion therapy law. If a therapist does anything other than affirm, right it's illegal and they could lose their license. Lose so license, right. keep it within your church and your pastor and the faith community. And at very least a faith-based counselor who does not deal with gender identity. Right. How is she doing now? She's doing great. So we gave her the option of multiple schools. She opted for a small private Christian school where there's only 17 kids in her class and she's connected to all of them. Um, she's made great friends. She's doing extracurricular. She just, she's back to her old self in a way that we never thought she ever could be. And that's just in the last couple of months that we have seen this transition back to who she is and she understands what happened to her she knows I've talked about it publicly she supports that she wants to help other kids from going through this um, we watched a, a documentary called what is a woman that recently yeah. came out I right, did let her watch was. a portion of that and she yeah. said wow mom how did I not know this was happening to me while it was happening right. so, yeah that's that's by design they, they were out to capture your mind and your heart at your most vulnerable moment. And so she understands what happened to her and that it wasn't her own idea. Um, and I'm so happy to say she's doing great. Oh, and just what breaks your heart is you just know how vulnerable the kids are and how impressionable and how clueless, you know, they're just, they're on this journey of life and they're just trying to, to, to make it, you know, from day to day. And then you got all these peer pressures and new messaging and, you know, influencers. And I mean, my gosh, it's, it really is a rough road. So right. thank God she's doing okay. And God bless you guys for just taking, you know, taking it so serious. Um, you know, you were not going to let someone take your child on no. multiple levels from her, her, her soul to her spirit, to her mind, to her, her. And the thing that's so hard about sexuality and, and, and their identities is that's who they are. I mean, this was a little, this is a little girl. 
an innocent little girl who slept with a teddy bear the night before that meeting and ordered mac and cheese from the kids menu when she got home from this meeting like it she's clearly just an innocent little girl who was not prepared to talk about these things who was right. not comfortable in that meeting and I, I, to me it's akin to anorexia like it's it's normal for kids to try things teens go you know adolescents and teens go through this period where they try things and they experiment right. and you know when I was a kid kids would put on black eyeliner and a black trench coat but they can take that off right. and now they're pushing this idea and these, these kids labels. can't just reverse it that's right and uh, or again, take a pause on your gender right, right? I mean with come on. Ir irreversible damage when they yeah, get those hormone blockers that yeah. there absolutely is long-term damage to their bodies you can't come back from it even social transition once they've got that in their head and it's been introduced at schools it's very hard for them mentally to come back yeah. um, and I've learned that our school district is transitioning children they have a gender support plan they have a transgender toolkit and they are transitioning children in elementary school without parental knowledge or consent or even after a parent has objected they will continue to transition them and lie to the parents. Well, this is just where we're at. This is where we're at. Wow. And then all these groups that say that they're helpful, like the Alliance for Suicide Prevention or uh, what FERPA or what, what are all these other places that are being misused? Yeah, so the school district claimed to have removed that splash organization from the district. That was their public defense of the situation a year after it happened. And the reality is they didn't remove splash and Skittles. They're still deeply entrenched in the schools, but they've invited in even more frightening play players, this Alliance for Suicide Prevention. They have someone from that organization who is a very mentally ill young person who is a self-proclaimed blood magic witch who started a magazine about playing in their own blood. This is real. This is a person who's in our classrooms talking to students, presenting at all of our GSAs, and conducting professional development courses for teacher continuing ed credit. So they are in there teaching our students or our teachers what an unsafe adult looks like how to identify LGBTQ kids and bring them in without telling the parents. It just, some of the things I've discovered this district is continuing to do, despite knowing how they're hurting kids. It, it's a rabbit hole I want out of. It blows my mind. Wow. Are you doing, um, is there a lawsuit with any of this or are you? So I've retained a lawyer finally um, after a you know year long search to try to get legal representation. We haven't filed the lawsuit yet, but it's in the works and the school district has been put on alert that it's coming. Um, and that happened because the school district started to stop giving me my public record requests. So as I'm asking for things, they are, you know, trying to come up with reasons not to provide it to me. Mm. And so I had to get the lawyer involved to say, preserve all this evidence because a lawsuit is coming. You can hide it, but we're going to find it. Wow. Unreal. Now you have, so you have other kids. What are your plans with them? Just keeping them in uh, private schools or homeschooling. So no more, no more public. No, I yeah. will never let my children step in public school again. I, you know, I don't even trust doctors anymore. I don't trust. Right. Well, they're doing start... surveys too. Right. You know, right. Everybody's surveying your children. Um, I remember, yeah. What was it? Two years ago when we brought my son in for a sports exam, I'm like, what? No, not answering all that. You know? Right. <laughs> so First question I mean, is what's your gender identity? Right. What do you identify exactly. as exactly. for a medical doctor, for a child? It just, our, our trust has been shattered in all of it these public systems, You're right. You're but right. we're really lucky in Northern Colorado to have great charter schools. 
So um, we have about four or five um, charter schools that are part of the public school system, but that are anti-public school. And we got our son into a core knowledge curriculum school that was founded by parents for parents. And it, I mean, I cried at the orientation. It was beautiful the way they talked about parent involvement. And that's oh. just the way education should be. That I shouldn't be that's crying right. because my child's getting the education every child should be afforded. Right. Um, and I know you that's shouldn't not be terrified the case sending your, your child to school wondering if they're going to come home changed in a, in a midst of three hours. It's okay. just, it's, they're so impressionable. They're, they're so easy to manipulate uh, if they're just in a, in a, in a place. And I mean, gosh, if all of us think through, you know, uh, grammar school or middle school or points in our life when things have been difficult, if anybody would have come in and tried to change or influence or um, move us along. I mean, we were afraid for different reasons back in the day, but um, you just know the kids are just so impressionable. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, the parents are going to be excluded from this um, and they just think that they have the right to do this intentionally. I think about all my tomboy friends from when I was a kid, myself included, we would all be boys now by today's standards and what they're pushing on our children in their schools and through their doctors and therapy, we'd all be boys now. It's just alarming the rate of kids who fall victim to this. Yeah. One last thing here too, I wanted to talk to you about the cisgender. Um, What is cisgender here? And is that protected under any law or what is it, you know, I I guess I want to talk about this situation because you have a son coming up. Right. So we, we did let our son stay in his public school the following year. And I, I I regret to say that, but we were at a loss of, he he couldn't get into the charter school yet. We couldn't afford two kids in private school. I had already taken a second job to pay for my daughter to be in private school. Okay. So we asked for one of these gender support plans for our son. Okay, if you're going to transition children at school, then you can affirm my son's biological gender and guarantee that there won't be this discussion and that he will only use male bathrooms and that he will have a safe person to go to. They claim that these are for children's safety and well-being, and they denied it repeatedly on the basis that he was cisgender and cisgender is not a protected class federally, which is false. And that was our decision. Okay, he's out. We're not, we're not doing this anymore. So no protection for him at all none because he identifies as the gender he was born with okay just more crazy just more crazy crazy and and lies for them to say that cisgender isn't a protected class no you just can't discriminate based on sex right and who are you to decide this what oh you know and it's it's funny because as a mom right you know that you birthed this child (laughs) you know you know their dna you know who they are you name them and and god called them by name you know so you've got a little bit of uh skin in the game here so it is amazing that they feel that they can just uh redirect parents and 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 they say it with a straight face yeah i think they believe what they're saying is they do believe it yeah they're helping children and refuse to acknowledge when a parent like me comes forward and says no you hurt my child yeah. And never, never, never leave the parents out of this. So what, what would you say to the parents here um, as some closing thoughts, uh, maybe as a warning, maybe if they're going through this, I, I like you to talk about both, you know, just as a warning. So they understand the reality of this. And then maybe just your advice to, to parents that could be going through something like this. Yeah, we've learned a lot in the last year and we still have a yeah. lot to learn. But my biggest piece of advice is if you can afford it, 
take your children out of government schools. We live in a conservative community. We know a lot of the staff at our community school, and we genuinely thought there's no way this could happen to our child, and it did. So don't leave your children in a government school. If you can help it, there's private school, charter schools, home homeschool co-ops are popping up all over the place. And I know it's a sacrifice, but it's even more of a sacrifice if you don't save your children from this kind of ideology. Right. So take a more active role in education, whatever that means. For some, that might mean volunteering every week or you know, doing these public record requests for curriculum before your children go through it. Because in a lot of times, this kind of thing is subtly peppered into curriculum and it's undetectable, like kindergarten yeah. social emotional learning and the fifth grade sex ed curriculum. And they, they mm. sneak it in everywhere. So be yeah. aware. And they direct your children. kids to websites. This is what it yeah. is. One of the most awful, awful things is they just tell the kids, go to this website, go to the website. And then the kids go to that website and they're just completely, um, I, I don't even know what you would say. I guess they brainwashed. just brainwashed. Yeah. They just take them there and, and they know they're getting them out of your home, basically on that phone and on that computer. And then they're just, they're theirs. So right. it's crazy. So if you can limit technology, I learned yeah. the hard way that even if you think they're playing a safe video game, there's chat functions in video games. I mean, really limit technology as much as you can. And it benefits them in yeah. more ways than just these predators getting to them. Um, but also something I learned for younger kids, we invested in one of the um, Verizon gizmo watches and all the, the cell carriers have something like this so that he's always got a way to call mom and dad. And we mm. taught him that if someone tells you not to tell mom and dad, that's exactly when you tell us yes. what has happened. Even if you're right there in the middle of your second grade classroom, you pull up that watch and you say, I'm calling my mommy right now. That's and right. and I, I wish we had done that sooner, but now I know. And I advise all parents, tell your kids, if a parent, if an adult says, don't tell your parents, you tell your parents, that's no right. matter what it is. That's right. Oh, wow. Great words of advice. Thank you so much, Erin. God bless your family and Chloe and your, and your little ones there. I mean, what a journey this has been for you, but you know, wow, you really stepped up, you know, and what, a, what a tough scene that was, but look what God has done. You know, right. she's got a beautiful future. And uh, God has a beautiful future in store for her and she's going to do great things. And you mama, you're a warrior. We love you, mama bear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Erin. We so appreciate your time um, sharing your story and, um, you know, just really fighting a good fight. Um, I don't even know what to say. This is one of those, uh, this is one of those interviews where you're kind of speechless afterwards, but you're so glad that it turned out good. And that um, really does, God does work things out for his good. So thank you, Erin. Thank you. Well, before we close, uh, again, special thanks to Erin. Amazing story. Amazing mama. Um, but I do want to let our moms know out there about Restoring Patriotism. Um, this is a new campaign that we have just released recently. It is a clarion call to moms to restore patriotism in your home. We know the importance of raising patriotic children that love God, love family, love country. So we did Restoring Patriotism. Go to our website. Um, there are all kinds of resources, mentorship programs for moms, kids, families on how to raise patriots uh, and educate your kids on the principles of liberty and America's heritage. It's amazing. So what we did along with raising, Restoring Patriotism is we did the Patriot Pack. So the Patriot Pack, I'm, I'm holding this up, but I'm also going to talk about it because a lot of our audience listens. It is a red cinch sack that says Patriot Pack on here. 
Um, this is a custom pack that we're providing uh, or making available for you moms, you grandmas to buy for your kids or your grandkids. You can get this pack for, uh, it's usually $24.99, but you can get 25% off. It's a $20 Patriot pack. You can order these on our website, which is momsforamerica.us. Go to shop. Uh, order the Patriot Pack, and um, you put in podcast, all in capitals. So I'm trying to remember all this. Put in podcast, all in capitals, and you will get 25% off. So you get $5 off. This Patriot Pack will just be $20 for you. So long story short, you order this. It comes to your house. Inside is this, this super cute um, Patriotic Kid Navy shirt. Uh, we have it boys and girls. Super cute. Uh, we have a flag in here, da, 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 a flag. We have um, a youth constitution. And then we have this book called I'm a Patriotic Kid. It's an activity book. We This is all customized. We did this especially for this campaign. In here are all kinds of activities about patriotism, about our country, about our anthem, about um, what is liberty, um, God bless the USA, brain quizzes, all kinds of things about patriotism, our country, and what makes us great. And on the back is, uh, you, we end with the American's Creed, and the kids become patriots. So it's a patriotic kids activity book. This is so good. You can do this at the kitchen table with your kids. They can put their t-shirt on. They've got their flag. This is just another great resource for you moms to uh, restore patriotism in your homes all across America. So go ahead, check it out. Uh, grandma's gonna for your grandkids, um, send them to the house, uh, take pictures, send them to me. We love um, that uh, the kids can be patriot kids. So before we close, again, thanks so much for uh, joining us. I wanna direct you to our website, momsforamerica.us. When you go there and you order your Patriot pack, also sign up for our newsletter. That's how we communicate with you and stay connected. Also, uh, we've got a lot of resources and programs on our website, along with checking out Restoring Patriotism. We have all kinds of programs. Uh, one of the things I always highlight every week is our cottage meeting. That's a 12-part series on America's heritage. Um, so you can teach the principles of liberty in your home. This program, with everything else that's on our website, um, will help you impact your family in a very powerful way. Uh, Moms for America, we really, we really do have it all. Uh, lastly, like, subscribe. Um, this is another podcast that you want to share with your mom friends. Um, sad story, good ending, but all of us should be learning from this. So share Aaron's story with your moms in your circle, would you please? Um, again, thanks for joining us every week. We gather together. I hope to see you next week uh, with more inspiring stories, more educational um, programs, pieces of the puzzle here as we journey through motherhood. Uh, we really do try every week to help you uh, understand what's happening in the culture and um, what's happening in your schools and how you can save America and teach your kids. So that's why this movement is so powerful because it's moms just like you saving our country and fighting for our children. So thanks moms. I'm planning on seeing you next week again and let's keep changing our world one home at a time. Um, have a great day and I will see you soon.